When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one, we're going to take a look at the template team. So the highest owned picks right now and decide whether or not they're worth it or whether you should be looking at someone else, including some differentials. Just before we jump into the video, quick reminder that the deadline for game week one is on Friday. So you've still got enough time to sign up for Fantasy Football Hub. Loads of useful tools over there. And the best thing is they got up to 50% off at the moment. And if you sign up and don't win your mini league, they will give you your money back. Terms and conditions do apply. All the links you need are in the description below. So let's start off with the goalkeepers and defenders. And basically, I've put the highest owned players in each position into the starting 11, apart from Ariola, who I've put on the bench, because that's where most people are going to play him in their actual squads. Interestingly, right now, he's the highest owned goalkeeper in FPL at 31.2%, because people are hoping he'll take that number one shirt at West Ham. But everything we've seen in preseason so far doesn't help us in the last friendly Fabianski was in the start in 11 and I think Ariola came on at half time so they split game time and unless David Moyes tells us who's number one we're probably not going to know before the game week one deadline now as it stands I would still have him in my team but that might change soon because Matt Turner of Arsenal is rumoured to be joining Nottingham Forest. There are a couple of issues here though. If that transfer doesn't go through before the game week one deadline, he'll still be listed as being an Arsenal. And if you want him in your team for when he goes to Forest, you can only have two other Arsenal players. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm planning on having Saka, Gabriel, and then probably Martinelli as well. So if I've got them, I can't also have Turner. So from an FPL point of view, we need that transfer to go through before the game week one deadline. If it does, he would definitely go in ahead of Ariola, unless we know Ariola is the number one because he should be first choice at Nottingham Forest but that's not where the problems stop because another goalkeeper Dean Henderson is still rumored to be wanted by Forest even if they buy Turner and you would presume that Henderson would be above him in the pecking order the only thing is Henderson has been injured and he's been recovering so he's not going to be available for game week one so it's whether or not Turner will lose the shirt. Either way, if he moves before game week one, Turner will definitely be my goalkeeper um, ahead of Ariola. In goal, Onana, 25% own, is the second highest uh, own goalkeeper. And I fully get it, right? You can back that Man United defence for cheaper than Luke Shaw. Um, and compared to the other 5 million goalkeepers like Ramsdale and Kepa, he's definitely the best because... Arsenal were uh, kind of rumoured to buy Raya. That's why Turner's going to probably leave. And obviously Chelsea have bought Sanchez. So Ramsdale and Kepa might not be number one for a long period of time. They'll probably both start the season. But is it worth taking the risk? Probably not. So I do like Anana. But if we look at the list of the other goalkeepers you could go for, you've got Edison for 0.5 million more. You could back those Man City clean sheets. He's 14.1% owned. If you wanted to go for a different 5 million, you've got Martinez, who's 7.9% owned. Now, I personally would prefer to have a 4.5 million defender from Villa if the fixtures were good enough. 
you know, maybe Konza, Pau Torres should get enough minutes. But if you want to back them right from the start long term, Martinez could be the way to do it. But I don't think that's where I'm going to go. The 4.5 million goalkeepers are a little bit more interesting. I think with the fixtures that most of them have, you could make a case they're just as good as Anana. But you also save 0.5 million that you could spend elsewhere. And one thing to take note of is Everton and Nottingham Forest rotate really nicely. So if Turner is number one, you could pair him with Pickford. And I know people don't like rotating goalkeepers because sometimes you'll bench your main goalkeeper in a tough fixture. They'll nick a clean sheet, loads of saves, bonus points, and it can feel harsh or, or feels horrible, to be honest. But it would only be in the really tough fixtures where you would play Turner. And if you really don't want to play him, then you just play your 4.5 anyway. So I quite like Pickford for that reason. He was someone I had in my opening draft, and then I kind of got cold feet because of the Everton defence. But if I compare him with a 4 million that rotates nicely, then I'm interested. I think with Steele, I've got enough doubts about Verbruggen that I probably wouldn't go for it. Plus, it means doubling up with Estupinian. Now, most of the time when you buy players, you should think in isolation. So if Steele is the best 4.5... It shouldn't matter that you own Estepinian. But at the start of the season, I'm a little bit more... I'm not against it, but I'd be a bit more worried about doubling up on defences. Just in case we've got it wrong, what if the Brighton defence turns out to be not as good? What if Caicedo does go to Chelsea and they struggle early on? I'd rather see what happens and maybe double up later on in the season than right from the start. Uh, and I do think Steele will be the number one goalkeeper for what it's worth. But Verbruggen's been brought in for a reason... And if he's playing the cup games and Europa League and stuff like that, if he puts in a bunch of good performances and Steele has a couple of howlers, we know Deserby is happy to change goalkeepers. So I think that would be enough to put me off him. Flecken is someone I still really like. If we look at the fixtures for Brentford early on, Spurs at home, not great, but then it's Fulham, Palace, Bournemouth, Newcastle is tough, but then it's Everton Forest, Man United away, then it's Burnley at home. they got some pretty nice kind of short and medium-term fixtures, and if you're not quite sure where you're going to or when you're going to wild card i like him as a pick and then you've got johnson at crystal palace as well but onana uh, in general is a pretty solid pick just on the defenders i still question whether estupinian is quite so good that he should be 51.6 percent ownership but i am a hypocrite because i'm definitely going to own him uh, i think the opening fixtures are really good i think if you get to newcastle at home in game week four and you've got someone decent on your bench or a spare transfer you could get rid of him it's not the end of the world if you have to play him and if you can get through Man United away in game week five, he's then got Bournemouth at home in game week six. I think for five million, it's really hard to look past him. Arguably, for the first three fixtures, he could be just as good, if not better, than lots of the defenders that cost 5.5. So I think with the, I think with the goalkeepers, you could make a case to go against Anana. I think with a lot of the template defenders, they are just really solid picks, apart from Trippier. 35%, don't really get that. Game weeks two to four are really tough. Yes, you could, have, you could play him in game week one. It might be good to have a plan to get him in game week five. I wouldn't start with him. John Stones is interesting. I'm, I'm actually a bit surprised he's the third highest owned defender, 28.6%. I really like Chilwell and James for their attacking output. But I get why people are going for Stones because Man City's fixtures are really good. So from a defensive point of view, much better than Chelsea because of how uh, strong their defence is. So I don't mind Stones as a pick, but it's probably not where I'm going to go unless I've got money for the bench. And then on the bench for this um, squad, it's Shaw and Gabriel. Again, really strong picks. I did look at some other defenders with lower ownership. I mean, Trent, 23.2%. We know what he can do. I'm 
pretty much going to go without him. I just think there's better ways to spend the money at the start of the season. But if you're someone that wants him in, absolutely no issues with that whatsoever. Ben Chilwell, 11.9% ownership. Reese James is around 15%. And Kunku's out until December. Right now, I've got no idea who takes penalties for Chelsea. My top three or four picks would probably be Jackson, Sterling, maybe Enzo Fernandez. Someone said to me he's got a five out of five record. Or it could be Reese James. That could be tempting. I don't know if we'll know before the deadline, though. Ruben Diaz may be slightly better for minutes than Stones because if Pep's going to manage one of the two, it'll probably be John Stones. He always seems to have like a little injury that he's struggling with or something like that. It's probably fine to start the season with, but I don't know if his attacking threat is that much better than Ruben Diaz. So for the same price and lower ownership, you could go for him instead. And then you've got the 4.5s. Carwell is 3%. Owen Pinnock is 1.9. The reason that I've put him in this list ahead of Henry is because Henry is currently flagged. And it does look like Pinnock's going to start the season as first-choice centre-back ahead of Collins. And his goal threat is pretty decent as well. And then you doggy at Spurs... 1.2% who should play pretty much most games as their left back and interestingly when I go on to fantasy football hub and I look at the points projections for the first eight game weeks you got the likes of Trent Stones Trippier right up there I think if we go a little bit down I didn't check this before I started recording yeah Pinnock is quite high up in terms of 4.5 million defenders you got Botman as well someone I hadn't um, mentioned in this video I just don't like those fixtures game weeks two to four but Pinnock's quite high up there and it goes back to those Brentford fixtures that I talked about with uh, with Flecken so the template is always strong for a reason it's always going to be good picks I think Anana's fine but if you want to say 0.5 the 4.5 goalkeepers are pretty good most of those template defenders though are just excellent choices i love gabriel i love estrapina and then for most people you're only really picking one more anyway for me right now it's chillwell so as you can imagine, the midfield is really strong. You've got the second highest owned player in the game right now, Bakayo Saka at 56.2%. Rashford is 45.1%. Matoma is 38%. And Bruno Fernandes is 26.6%. Now with a lot of people on 3-5-2 formations this year, I've gone for the same. And because of that, Mo Salah just about sneaks in at 23.5% ownership. But that is a lot lower than he has been in previous seasons. And we'll come back on to him in a minute. Now, obviously the title of this video is breaking the template we've already gone through some differential goalkeepers and defenders we will do the same for midfielders but I do think Saka and Rashford are just really solid picks and I would not be going out of my way to not own them like they've been in most of the drafts that I've put together and I just think Saka is better than Odegaard with penalties and minutes for the same price and I think he's worth the extra 0.5 over Martinelli as well if he loses penalties then we'll have another conversation around him but given his minutes in that Arsenal attack and the other options they now have for other positions I still think he would make it in my game week one team without penalties uh, and Rashford is just the strongest goal threat at Man United and even with Hoyland coming in Rashford is probably going to get more minutes especially at the start of the season and the opening fixtures for Man United are pretty decent as well and although Fernandes has got the penalties I think Rashford is probably just about worth the extra 0.5 because of his open goal, uh, open goal play threat which is higher than all the Arsenal midfielders as well. So Martinelli, Odegaard and Saka overall, really good stats last year, but they were mostly a mix of expected goals and expected assists. Rashford skews much higher to scoring goals and they are worth more points. So that's why I kind of favour him over, over necessarily a different Arsenal midfielder. With the rest of the picks, it's a little bit different. Like Matoma, for example... Is he that much better than an Eze or an Imbermo for the same price, even a Diaby for Villa? 
Maybe not, but his ownership is a lot higher. Part of that reason is definitely the first fixture. Like, don't get me wrong, Brighton's opening three, Luton at home, uh, I think it's Wolves away, West Ham at home, are just strong in general. But in particular, that Luton at home fixture has got a lot of people keen to own them. And I do think Matoma's a great pick. There's been lots of discussion over the last week or so about the amount of options that Brighton have. But I think sometimes when we're discussing these things, we just forget about who's first choice. And Matoma is absolutely first choice left wing for Brighton. And I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start all of the, the first three fixtures. Of course, that doesn't mean he'll make it to 90 minutes every game. And because of all those options that Brighton have, maybe he gets subbed off early. And if he hasn't got his return at that point, it might be that the other 6.5s that are likely to play longer, maybe have penalties, could be a slightly better option. So I don't want to sit here and put people off uh, Matoma, but that is definitely one of these template picks where you could go for someone else instead. And don't forget that Brighton do have... Europa League after the international break and there will be rotation there Deserby said it himself and also we just have to look to last year end of the season when there was fixture congestion for Brighton and they were playing weekend midweek weekend they rotated then and Matoma didn't miss a huge amount of games but he might miss the odd one so perfectly good for the start of the season but it might not be quite as good of a long-term option compared to some other players which we'll talk about in a second I do think Bruno Fernandes is really strong as well Matt again Man United's opening fixtures good minutes great he's on penalties there is some talk about the fact he might drop a bit deeper Mount might go further forward I personally don't think it's going to be enough to make Fernandes a bad option but I also like that price point because you can drop down to anyone else and it just feels a bit safer to start with him and then maybe go to an unknown player later rather than the reverse but again if you're looking at this midfield thinking I'm going to bet against it then Fernandez would definitely be one over Marcus Rashford for me and then you got Mo Salah loads of talk about him all during pre-season for what it's worth I think that ownership will start to go up by the time we get to the game week one deadline because people like me will get afraid of not owning him because of how good he's been the last six seasons I do think the option of spreading the funds might be better but I am worried about locking myself out from him like for game week one a midfield of Saka Rashford Fernandez Martinelli a 6.5 probably is better than owning Salah but how quickly will that last and if you want to get Salah in it's probably three to four transfers to do it because you've got to shift funds around so it might be easier to start with him the other thing that I've considered which maybe I've changed my mind a little bit on from the game week preview video which only went out today is that if Kane stays, and that is looking more likely, if you've got Salah and you need to switch, they're exactly the same price. I'm not saying that the combination would work as well. So if you've got Salah and Jao Pedro, which a lot of people are going to be looking at now, going to Kane and a 5.5 million midfielder is not necessarily as good. But you've still got the option. And again, if you want to get Kane in with the kind of template that we've been seeing with that midfield I just spoke about, it does get a little bit tougher unless you're going to sell Haaland. So that is one plus for Salah. And obviously, he does score a lot of points, right? We know that. Pre-season, I think he's got like nine returns. He's the only nailed player in that Liverpool attack. So he is still great. It just depends how many sacrifices you're willing to make. And that is something that I'm still kind of trying to weigh up. In terms of the goal, uh, sorry midfielders that we could look at that are lower-owned, like I said, Matoma 38%, Eze only 15.9, and Burma only 14.4. Both of those players, great for minutes, have penalties, no Europe as well. They could well be better long-term picks. In Burma in particular, Spurs at home, not as good as Luton at home, but if he scores in that game, and then you see the fixtures 
Brentford have got afterwards, I can see him being an early bandwagon. Of course, he could blank. Matoma could score twice and everyone would just sell in Burmo because that can happen as well. But that is playing on my mind. If you want a second Arsenal attacker, uh, Martinelli is only 14% owned. Again, I don't think it's worth having Martinelli instead of Saka. But having both of them is obviously good. De Bruyne, only 13.8% owned, partly because he hasn't played a lot during preseason, but he got minutes in the Community Shield. Man City's opening fixtures are fantastic. I'm just going to pull them up here. So you've got Burnley away, Newcastle at home, Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, West Ham away, Forest at home. There's a reason... Well, I mean, we all own Harlem because he's an absolute machine, but there's a reason we want more Man City players, and maybe De Bruyne is a shrewd differential that you can go for that I've barely seen anyone in the Twitter and YouTube community looking at, and you would hope that the minutes he got in the Community Shield will start uh, will mean he starts games going forward. There is obviously a risk. Maybe Burnley gets rested, but after that, you'd imagine he's going to play most of the time when he's fit. You've got James Madison. 12.8% ownership. Personally, I think for those looking at Foden, I just think he's too much of a headache. You don't know when he's going to start. Madison's going to play 80 to 90 minutes every single game he's fit. No Europe or anything like that. He's going to take set pieces. If Kane stays, that just makes Madison an even better option. He's gone from supplying, no disrespect, but he's gone to supplying kind of Leicester forwards to supplying Son and Kane. It's just a step up in quality, and that's just going to make him better. His underlying numbers are already good. I suspect they'll be just as good, if not slightly better, this year. And then we've got to talk about Havertz. 7.5 million, 5.3% uh, ownership, played up front against City in the Community Shield. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll do it again against Forest, but it's a possibility. And even if he doesn't, he probably plays a number eight with license to get forward. So if you are looking for a differential at Arsenal, you don't want to go Saka, Odegaard or Martinelli, then maybe Havertz is the one. Is he someone that I'll go for? Probably not, but he is someone that you could consider. And again, if we just quickly look at the points projections on Hub, and if you want to check all this stuff out yourself, again, up to 50% off at the moment, links in the description below. First eight game weeks for midfielders, Salah's highest, as you might imagine, but he's obviously very expensive. Then it's Rashford and Fernandes. So again... Don't go out of your way to back against these players. Then it's De Bruyne, but obviously he's a bit more money as well. I just spoke about him as a differential. Then it's Saka. So three of those high-owned players, Rashford, Fernandes and Saka, are all in the top five for projected points. There's a reason for that. Then you've got Madison just behind Son. Son is someone we've not talked about a lot. Spurs fans keep telling me he's playing too wide during preseason. Is he going to get in front of goal enough? I'd imagine he would because that's his best kind of position to be in. But we'll have to wait and see. Is it worth spending 9 million? We can just get a Rashford. Maybe not. Then you've got Matoma, Martinelli, and Burmo, and Eze, who, who are all very close together. So if you want to go against this template, there's definitely some options. I'm getting more and more tempted to bet against Matoma, I've got to be honest. And then up front, it's Erling Haaland at 86.5% ownership and Ollie Watkins at 229 And I've said this a lot. Haaland's ownership levels are absolutely ridiculous to the point where it feels too scary to go without him. And I'm not someone that picks players based on ownership, contrary to popular belief. But at those kind of levels, going without him just feels like chasing a lost cause. Even if you're the type of FPL manager where you don't care about overall rank, you want to go differential... I still don't know if there's any point betting against him. Like, if you're going to go against the template, just do it in other positions. And it's not really helped by how good Man City's fixtures are. We just looked at them with Kevin De Bruyne. And I know there's that stat going around that in the last six games for City, Haaland hasn't scored. But you've got to ask yourself, do you think that's going to continue? 
Or when he starts the first six games and has Burnley away, Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, could the goals come back? I suspect they might. And in the first six game weeks, he could easily come away with six to ten goals. It's definitely not impossible, given what we saw last year. So I would rather just be on him and be wrong rather than be against him and he does what he did last season. You could go for maybe a Kane and a Salah, no Haaland, and just rotate captaincy between them. That could work. You've also got the likes of Saka and Rashford you could captain as well. Even in game week one, Saka against Forrest at home, instead of Haaland against Burnley away, maybe if you were feeling like going that differential route. But for me, there's a reason he's so template, and I would definitely start with him. Ollie Watkins is a little bit different. He's become more popular because Jesus got injured, uh, obviously, and Kunku's out as well. He just feels like the next best pick. You know he's always going to start. Probably still has penalties. Minutes are great. I think fixture-wise, they're not bad for Aston Villa. Like Newcastle away is not a fixture I would look to target. But straight after that, it's Everton at home, Burnley away. Then you've got Liverpool away. Will their defence be good? We don't really know. Let's wait and see. Palace at home, not bad. Chelsea away, will their defence be good? Again, it's a wait and see. But overall, I don't think they're fixtures that would necessarily put you off Watkins. So he's always been a good pick. But personally, I preferred to go for either Jesus or Nkunku. But right now, that's impossible because they're injured. So therefore, Watkins is the default pick. Now, if you want to go different, there are definitely other forwards that you could look at. Got a whole list here. So Nicholas Jackson, 13.9% at Chelsea. Now, there's been a lot of discussion on Twitter, especially, over whether the Nkunku injury makes Jackson better or worse. Now, minutes-wise, I think it makes him better. I know what people will say. Jackson was playing as the 9 and Nkunku was playing as the 10. So what difference does it make? But if Pochettino wanted to bring Jackson off, he had Nkunku that could go and play up front instead. That play is now not available, so I would expect this to be an overall benefit to Jackson's minutes, even if it's not a massive increase. So that's good. There is maybe a chance he gets penalties because he's their kind of first choice number nine right now, but he hasn't taken one as far as I know, so that does seem unlikely. Overall, though, I expect Chelsea to be worse in attack without Nkunku. And actually, when you go and look at that team... It doesn't necessarily look that great on paper. Like, Mudrick on the left. Who's going to play number 10 now without Nkunku? Sterling on the right. Jackson up front. Like, don't get me wrong. He's done great during pre-season. But he's not got a huge amount of games under his belt for Villarreal. Now he's coming straight in the Premier League. It's a lot different playing Premier League games than it is to kind of pre-season friendlies. So I'm a bit sceptical about him. But I do like the price of 7 million. And with the fixtures Chelsea have... That is a punt worth taking if that's the kind of FPL manager that you are. Harry Kane, only 13.8% ownership, may well stay at Spurs. His and Salah's ownership combined is about 37%. When have we seen that before? Not very often. So he's definitely someone to look at. João Pedro getting much more popular, especially on Twitter, 5.5 million. I would be surprised if he doesn't start the first three games. He's probably their first choice number 10. And De Zerbi has also said that he could play number 9 as well. Now, that doesn't mean he'll never be rotated. And Ciso could play 10, Lalana can play 10. And obviously, if one of those two does play, it doesn't automatically mean that Jao Pedro will play up front. Ferguson and Welbeck are there as well. But for everything we've seen in preseason and how many minutes he's had, and the last preseason friendly where he lined up in that number 10 position, I'd be surprised if he doesn't start Luton and Wolves and West Ham. The only issue is how do you get off that price point if you need to because around 5.5 to 6 million the options aren't great so you would need money to go elsewhere i've talked about this before if you go for salah and jao pedro 
then maybe there is an easy way out there, right? You go to like a Rashford, Fernandez, plus a Watkins or whoever it is, but then you've got money left over that you could have just spent initially. And also, what if you don't want to get rid of Salah, right? Then you're kind of maybe stuck with Jao Pedro. So I've looked at it quite a lot and I'll talk about it more in my team selection video tomorrow. I think Jao Pedro is good if you want Kane or Salah. He's also good if you like a deep bench or have like five, 5.5 million defenders on your bench. If you just want him instead of Watkins... There's a lot of money left over, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. That can leave you quite flexible in the first few weeks. But is I, I think some people are getting to the point where they think Jao Pedro is a better option than Watkins outright. I mean, maybe for game week one, Luton at home. But outside of that, he's not. So it really depends how you use the money. I can see myself talking into starting with him. That's all I'll say. If you're going to go for a Liverpool forward, actually on the template team, Darwin Nunez is the third highest owned forward at 16.6%. That's why I've put him on the bench. I don't think you can go for him. He's not started either of the last two friendlies. Maybe he gets a start either against Chelsea or against Bournemouth, but you're not going to be able to call it. And one of the reasons for that is because Gakpo is just a much better presser. So off the ball, he does more work for Liverpool than Darwin Nunez would. And I think if you're going to go for a Liverpool forward, he's one to look at at 7.5 million, 6% ownership. You could look at Jota as well. I think there is the, the, the issue with Gakpo is if he does play, but he's not number nine, he could go and play as the number eight instead. And actually in the last running, I think Jota played up front. So Jota could be an option in midfield as well. But between Gapo and Darwin, if I was going to go for one right now, I would choose Gapo. Wissa, very po- well, not very popular, only 4.7% owned. But he has been talked about a lot during preseason. Only 6 million. Should start up for, for Brentford. But I wouldn't be as convinced about his minutes as I would be from Burmo. Like, it could be... Um, let me just... I need to double-check his name now so I don't get it wrong because that'll be super embarrassing. Is it... I want to say it's Lewis Potter. Yeah, Lewis Potter could be on the left, Wisser up front, and in Burma on the right. But Sharda could play a part as well and he could play through the middle. So that's why I don't think Wisser's uh, minutes are quite as secure. It's also worth saying that Brentford were in for Brennan Johnson and obviously they have lost Tony... So they may well still spend some money on a striker, especially if they sell David Raya. So I don't think it's completely out of the question that even after game week one, they bring a new forward in, and that might be a bit of a risk for Wissa. I think he'll start the season. I think the fixtures are great. If he holds his place, it'd be a good option for six million. But he's not as guaranteed, in my opinion, as Mbermo is. So just keep an eye on that. And then I stuck Alvarez in here. Lots of people were talking up Foden playing centrally. Didn't happen in the Community Shield. Alvarez played there instead. Even if De Bruyne is fit, Alvarez could start in that position ahead of the likes of Kovacic and Foden. But I do think unless we know for sure he's playing against Burnley game week one, I would probably avoid him. So that is the template overall. The highest stone picks in each position in a 3-5-2 formation. Onana, Estrepinian, Trippier, Stone, Saka, Rashford, Matoma, Fernandez, Salah, Haaland, Watkins. Lots of solid picks there. Lots of alternatives. Let me know in the comments below which of those players you are going to go without. And I will have my team selection video tomorrow to talk through how my current uh, setup is for game week one. If you've enjoyed that, give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. Links in the comments below. Up to 50% off at the moment and remember if you sign up don't win your mini league you can get your money back terms and conditions apply check all the links in the description below and i'll catch you again tomorrow sports social podcast network